theme today I think I'll perhaps start with something fairly brief and maybe bring some attention into just grounding ourselves here since you've all travelled from various places so there's that particular running on gearing up happening it'd be nice just to settle but to introduce the theme um, today is about well this weekend's about existence <laughs> exploring the fact of existence yeah. Yeah. so as we all recognise there are uh, you know, fundamentally we're all something's here or there's being here and that, that's going on all the time wherever we are there's that sense of being here you know the place that we're here it, with it changes but there's always that sense of oh well this is and we call that me yeah the, the unit, the fundamental unit of existence is me yeah. and there's something else that uh, occurs which is um, trying to fill in what that is and the word for it actually is, is citta um, it's called the awareness it's one way of expressing it if we try to f- maybe fill in that, that <coughs> sense of being here so the first Assumption is being here is basically a noun, you might say, uh, like an object, a lump, something, uh, a fixed entity. This is called myself. Fixed entity, because then that fulfills the function of something in which acts as a centre that can orient, orient my actions. I'm doing this, this belongs to me, I think this that's hers, that's my problem, that's his issue you know, so the me becomes the centre focus for orientation seems like a reasonable <coughs> idea <clears throat> and all that is essentially quite valid um, what occurs is that that centre of orientation becomes a self, uh, myself and this is more problematic because that self is the very notion of it brings up the sense of it being a continuing entity a certain immaterial substance you might say difficult to define but it's a fixed entity that we keep referring to myself and uh, this this is our experience and yet what is that self uh, often that self experience can be uh, stressful, uh, unhappy, uh, unfulfilled, um, stressed, mm-hmm. wanting more, uh, wanting less. Uh, from this sense of, of a stable self, also it starts to speculate what will become of me therefore I want to make that as comfortable as possible uh, what do other people think of me I want to make that as comfortable as possible uh, what do I look like I want to make that as good as possible so that this experience of being this strange in- immaterial entity is as comfortable as possible for as long as possible so it projects into the future and it tries to draw lessons from the past so and both the future 
is a speculation. The past is a very distorted, partialised memory. If we try to be really scientific about the past, you know, how many moments have you been through? How many do you remember? How accurate are those memories? It's a very partial fragment. And generally, what we remember are experiences that have the most emotional impact are the ones we remember most strongly. Pleasant, unpleasant, wonderful, curious, appalling. So, is that a true record? Or to what degree is that a true record? So if my sense of the past is really about experiencing the resonances of emotional impact, yeah, if it's past, how can it be an orientation <coughs> for the future? If it's an immaterial entity, then it also exists in a world of other entities. It has to have a place, probably within this body. Therefore, the, with that assumption it's within this body, then the quality of this body becomes extremely significant. Both its here and now pleasure and pain, its health and sickness, its mortality, its appearance, all become extremely significant for this sense of being here, the state of this body. Something in us also recognises this body as the nature to, oops, <laughs> change, uh, uh, grow, yeah, change, need constant propping up, need constant adjustment, need constant care and attention, tends towards decline and death. Oh, for an entity that is not great news. Uh, a being a body is being a, a target to some degree of attention which could be hostile or fortunate we don't know physical uh, effects could be pleasant could be extremely unpleasant could be deadly so being an entity and assuming that entities in the body is already a source of uh, stress and suffering And because of the uh, quality of these various uh, bases that we experience this self existing within the body, within the minds of others, what do people think of me, within the future, what it will be, within the past, which are all quite insecure, all quite subject to to uh, difficulties of some kind or another. The sense of self then is a rather besieged entity. And on that stage of being besieged, it tries to hoard up as much of the supplies and resources as possible to fortify itself for what comes ahead, to build up, say, certain defence strategies, certain nourishment programs so I've got a stash of good stuff here um, 
and uh, in a world of, of entities then to make sure that I can be as good as the next entity both for their approval also to make sure they don't get one ahead of me a certain competitive sense comes so you've got to keep upgrading your software your smart tackle to get ahead to stay, to stay level actually as you all recognise this is stressful because in a competitive situation where things are moving upwards we've got to keep going faster quicker handle more and you also recognise at a certain point the amount of energy you have to put into that itself becomes taxing and at a certain point in terms of ageing process you can't do it (laughs) you just there's that feeling of gradually you know, watching yourself moving towards the back of the lines <laughs> as the younger and fitter and trimmer circuit. <laughs> oh, and then what's there? You know. <clears throat> so naturally, then when we seek companionship and so on, and uh, that's also can be very wonderful. But then there's the loss of companions. <clears throat> Either there, they move away or they change, or there's some, you know, disagreement, or basically against the fact of mortality comes in. So that's a slightly, you know, perilous situation. This is the nature of the self. Yeah. Uh, so it's a great relief. <laughs> Uh, in some ways if we can understand it though people are sometimes mystified by it Buddha talks about not self and the, uh, you know one can understand as mean I don't exist which isn't really what he said but this self experience this entityhood is an addition uh, to a quality that's already here in addition that, that takes a lot of effort to, to establish it requires effort to hold it its tendency to be competitive must always eventually be defeated <laughs> and so you can withdraw from that and you find something else could be revealed yeah. so this is the uh, um, the, the, the view there is, there is a refuge there is a secure kema, there is a peaceful there is a sublime, there is a happy there is a fortunate but it doesn't enter or come into this entityhood <clears throat> where our minds work is to create entities substances fixed realities, objects uh, and as we explore in meditation you begin to recognise the objects that appear that we experience with, upon calming and a bit slower and exploration are not really fixed objects at all but more like resonances uh, wavelengths, vibrations, energies, shifting qualities There's, there isn't actually a fixed object anywhere but our mind abbreviates that for reference point into fixed objects because that's easier it's like quantum you know 
you've got to, you can't really say anything fundamentally as an entity. But for convenience, we talk about entities because that's the simplest way to refer to things. Simplest, but it also brings in this error, which is tragic, really. And uh, based upon this is the competition, the aggression, the fear, the basis of, of um, stru- suffering and stress. He said you cannot experience this quality of selfhood without having suffering and stress come with it. And uh, But with the ceasing of, subject, of suffering and stress is contingent with the ceasing of this entity or the non-creation of this entity. It's not there's an entity that has to be destroyed. Uh, it's just an entity that does not have to be conjured up. <clears throat> we can get so it's taking time, which means we enter into something much more dynamic, uh, rather than nounhood. You know, substances become into verbalhood dynamics. Uh, there's a continual flow of dynamics, and uh, the possibility with that is that we can, through that, arrive into a balance whereby even that dynamic doesn't have to keep going. You can just cruise in free state, you might say. Though this (coughs) is the possibility. (coughs) So, you know, trying to conjure up a, uh, you know, half a dozen word or whatever it is, title for the retreat to give a little, you know, title, the I before, I think it's called the I before the I am or something like that. So this weekend, I think <laughs> what I, what comes to mind is to begin to explore uh, how I, the experience of I, is experienced in relationship to the sense bases. So this is one of our again our common realities. We experience the senses. Most people have six, unless you have, you know born without eyesight, but most people have six senses, eye, ear, toes, nose, tongue, body and mind. So those are reference points and this is where this sense of I, uh, I am, uh, an entity arises dependent upon those sense bases. That's one uh, particular uh, frame of reference and teaching point that's encouraged for examination. And the other is, uh, perhaps we'll enter as we continue, particularly the most powerful and productive um, base is the mind base itself. Mm -hmm. Uh, And here we have experiences called aggregates. Um, Perception, the sense of the immediate flash recognition of something. Uh, The impression something strikes us as. We have mental feeling, a sense of pleasure, pain, you have a sense of mental activation, you feel stimulated, stymied, stalled, stunned, throttled, excited, bounding, jubilant, this kind of rushing, or stagnating, or stuff, you know, this sankara quality, um, and experiencing in that I am, the flooded, I am, the choked, I am, 
the rejoicing, I am, you know, the floundering, I am the happy, I am the, you know, that's the immediate, it's not necessarily a verbal statement, but that definitely, that sense of engagement with that experience, there it is. Engage, not those, the, the engagement experience, where there's something like a crucial, decisive hooking onto a quality that arises, and then I am that. Yeah? So this is, these are the kind of things we can look into, and of course it always eventually comes down to just this fine point of what's called clinging, which is not a conscious decision, it's a reflex. So because it's a reflex, you can't think your way out of it anymore. You can think your way out of a, a knee jerk when you bash your knee. But you can buy, uh, you can kind of, you might say, use the phrase drive a wedge or, or open a gap between impression and activation. And this is, say, a hinge point. So instead of that, you know, compulsive engagement, there's a sense of either let it pass or engage perhaps in a more new way, fresh way. Because the it's in this repeatedness of the patterns of engagement that the sense of a familiar entity occurs. Yeah. It's in the familiarity of these engagements I do this that's you know I feel this that's my feeling that's my you know it's in the familiarity of these engagements that this sense of stock entity stable entity occurs and there's a very good reason for that um, because an entity seeks to be stable therefore it does it want to familiarize therefore it does get into taking things for granted therefore it does get into habitual reactions it wants to <laughs> because it thinks that will give it stability but it's, that's the assumption that's the reflex and of course you bond to something that doesn't, is not stable you know it's like you, you're grabbing hold of something that's sinking not realizing that if you let go you'd float okay. so this is the the thing we need to check time and time again at this very impulsive level now when we meditate we've got a chance to slow the whole process down so you've got some way in which you can moderate the speed of engagement we also very much limit uh, what kind of uh, sense contact we're going to have obviously we'll be seeing, hearing, touching and so forth but very much quite limited not interreactive and not um, performance established no competition you know, nothing to live up to so you take away certain crucial views that make that engagement so immediate and reactive. I've got to get it right. <laughs> jump, therefore jump. So in a meditation retreat, we've got to really clear that one out. <clears throat> Otherwise there will be that compulsive engagement. 
the speed. And as you all know, in our competitive world, the faster, the better. The more compulsive, <laughs> you know, the more you're already prepared to, you've got the answer before the question's been asked, you've figured it out before it happens, that's, that's success. You got to the end of the sentence before it's begun, that's good. In meditation, you don't imagine there's an end to the sentence. You just see how it goes. You don't imagine there's a high standard to attain. You just take it here and work with integrity and see where it goes. Yeah. And experience for yourself. So this is our, our uh, meditative um, place. <coughs> so it's limited sense restraint, limited sense contact. So that tends to to uh, seek or move towards the less stimulating, the less stuff that you can get activated by, uh, non-interactive in, the, in this situation, because then you get less of that, well, who is she and why does he think that and how are we going to get on or, agree, you know, less of that movement. And uh, also taking out the uh, carrots and whips, you know, the, the performance, the success and failure thing. So that definitely helps to set up a proper basis for inquiry. <clears throat>